The following transmission contains unencrypted instances of explicit language. Mature audiences are cleared to proceed. Shall we begin? Welcome back. This is part two of our tradecraft analysis of the Day of the Jackal. In part one, we discussed the Jackal's plan to kill French President Charles de Gaulle. If you missed out on that, there's a simple solution. You might want to hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast app so you can always stay caught up with us. The reason we paused our discussion of the Jackal's plan where we did is because the French hotel sequence is the first time that his plan actually intersects with the investigation uh, being undertaken by the authorities. So what we'll do here is first take a look at how the investigators proceeded from virtually zero information to having actual knowledge of the Jackal's whereabouts. From there, the cat and mouse game will go into high gear, and that's what's coming up in this episode of Spies Like Us. Now we're going to leave the Jackal uh, alone for a bit, and we're going to rewind in time and and take a look at the investigation. Basically, the people who's who are in charge of trying to stop him uh, from doing the assassination. Now, like the Jackal said, you know, like the, the these top OAS guys need to be like super hiding out. But the the top brass on the French side, I mean, they do know who these guys are. Right. Uh, so it's really important that they like hole up in a hotel, like under like just super heavy guard. Their major thing is like, we just need to be isolated, super compartmentalized. But that in itself is something that doesn't escape the SDECE's notice. So they're very keen on, they're looking at this and they're saying like, why are they acting so fucking weird? Why are they acting so cagey? And so they really put the lens on them and try to figure out what's going on. They'll see that there is, um, I'll call him, I'll call him, well, he's the courier. Uh, We could also call him Wolensky. Yeah, that's his name, yeah. Right. And he's the white-haired guy. He He was at the meeting in Venice when they first hired the Jackal, but he wasn't inside the room. Um, but he just seems to be like a trust, a super trusted, like, uh, not in the inner circle, but like their, their main man that Mm -hmm. they, they trust to do stuff. And, and so the SDECE sees that that guy comes in and out of the place they're hiding out every day, uh, with a handcuffed briefcase and that he posts his letters uh, uh, into the the post box, like only like right before the truck is gonna show up. So plus five points for not you know letting those letters sit around. Yeah, um, I really we, wanted to kind of yeah. point out uh, the the government surveillance on Walensky was great. I really enjoyed watching that. Um, I think it was super tight and. Like you had said, they noticed that why are they hiding in their cave and what's up with this dude with the handcuff and uh, watching that really, like, you know, I'm going to say this on the whole podcast. I was like, there's a lot of this movie where it's like, this is how you do it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, so I really enjoyed watching the surveillance on Walensky. A fun, uh, a fun 
fact about Walensky is that he's played by an actor named uh, Jean Martin. Mm -hmm. And in the Battle of Algiers movie in 1966, that same actor plays uh, a character of a different name, but uh, a a French colonel of the paratroopers that uh, are like pivotal in that movie. So it's, uh, it's, it's just a fun casting choice. Yeah. Because like the same act, let's see, how do you put that? Like the same actor played one of the characters in the, in a different movie that would have been the kind of guy that after the battle of Algiers would have been, this kind of guy, you know, like the, it, that would have joined the OAS. Right. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That's, that's a, that's a really nice, uh, uh fun fact about, about that actor. That's, like that, it's a good, that's a gem right there. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the Jean Martin cinematic universe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, after they watch him for a while, they nab him. And uh, they interrogate him, not uh, softly. Mm-mm. And that's that's everything we have been reading up about in preparation for this podcast is that the SDECE is indeed uh, not afraid of getting their hands dirty in the interrogation room. They beat the crap out of him. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. Um, I did like the carpet truck on how they got Walensky. They just pretended to be a carpet truck, and as he walked by, they knocked him out and threw him in the truck. I thought that was fun. Yeah. But uh, one of the things I really did enjoy, uh, after um, they interrogate him, and he doesn't give up anything. Like, he he holds up under torture, but some words or names like slightly escape his bloodied lips yeah so he, he never actually makes a confession quote right. unquote, even though they oh, say that later right. in the, they say that later in the film that walensky was caught and confessed about the jackal uh but that's but not correct I don't, yeah i don't think it's correct i think that's just what they presume what actually happens and this is what i really liked about this movie because we don't see this in most spy films they listen to the tape over and 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 they hear a word Jackie and they're like, Jackie, wait, no, it's Jack L or whatever. We get like a whole, like very quick shot, maybe like, like 20 seconds of them at a chalkboard. Yep. I love the chalkboard. Like the trying to brainstorm. Yeah. Like creased. Is it a name? Is it a place? You know, is, is this, does this refer to a place? Could this be a name? Is like what, what, you know, they're just, like they just have a few like mm, vague expressions of like phrases or or words from him, but w- without context, and and they just go over it and over it and over yeah. it. I loved it, and I know you did. Yeah, too. no, it was great because what I was going to say is we never get analysts or like analysis in most spy films, and sometimes instead of. It actually being analysis, it's like a big speech with a bunch of people in a room, you know, uh, a great cinematic moment. But we actually get to watch them kind of brainstorm. And I, and I mean, it's not completely accurate analysis, but the fact we got dudes on a chalkboard, like, is this a place? Is it a name? Is it a guy? Is it a tool? 
you know, and they're like actually brainstorming at the chat chalkboard, like drawing, drawing out maybe like thought charts and stuff. Like I really liked it. So I was really happy. So plus spy points and plus spy movie points for David. Yeah, absolutely. Jeff. I gave I'm I'm giving that my best uh my number three best trade craft of this film is the way that <laughs> that's a good one. The interrogation yeah. is is analyzed. Um yeah, so due to their diligence, they piece together a few words that um kind of uh they they managed to figure out like that uh creased was indeed like a reference to the hotel in vienna uh where wolensky again had been present but not inside the room where the oas hired the jackal so from there by interrogating the the desk clerks um they find out that the the three OAS honchos, who everyone knows who they are, were there, and that they were visited by a well-groomed, fair-haired man in mid-30s. And so now they've got at least some kind of description of who they might... I mean, right now, all they know is... I mean, they they don't know there's an assassination plot. Right. But they're their hands are very much tied here. Uh, you know, uh, de Gaulle, which, which the Jackal predicted in his meeting with them. He said like, de Gaulle won't let you get, won't let, uh, his dogs off the leash in, in a public manhunt. Like, I guess because that would, uh, make him look weak or something. I guess is the thinking there, but he's correct. Cause the guys in the room, the ministers, they're definitely, you know, feeling very hamstrung by the fact that de Gaulle won't let them just like, you know, go out there and start, I don't know, kicking down doors. or whatever. Right. Or sending out to the, to publish in the media, like, here's a picture of a guy. If you see this man say something, cause it's a big deal, you know? So the secrecy was really important for a majority of the film. Right. So they're, they're really like kind of brainstorming. I mean, I love this. There's this one guy that just keeps coming up with the, the, well, maybe it's this. And it's always like, his idea is always like the, maybe we don't really have to worry about it. Right. Yeah. Everyone's like, no, no, this is serious, but, but we have nothing to go on, nothing to go on. It's a blank slate. We got no name, you know, like the one guy explains, we got no name. We've only got a vague description. We've got no passport. We have no idea what the plan is. Nothing. And what are we going to do? And the guy's like, well, what would you do? And the guy's like, you got to put a master detective on this case. And who's that? Michael Lonsdale. Yeah. (laughs) He doesn't show up until a full 50 minutes into the film. Now, of course, it is a long film. It's uh, 2.20. I think, I think it was 245. No. It, it's long, bro. It's really long. A two, oh, 223. Okay. Yeah. It's technically 223. Yeah. I don't think it feels long. It didn't I, once I got into it. When, when I when I first started watching and I was looking at the time and I was like, and then like that botched assassination attempt, I was like, Ugh. you know, and then like, 
a lot of the setup, but once once it starts kicking, it goes by real fast. You're like, wow, this is it. Excel- it, it accelerates. Yeah, yeah. It, I, it, it, I, yeah I, would, I would say that about this film, and that's gonna go into my uh, my star rating as well. Like like this movie builds momentum, you know, quite a bit, and it, and it constantly it is going slow. up. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 And the clocks are constantly yeah. being shoved in your face. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. So yeah, Lonsdale's gonna come in, and he's gonna be our uh. Well, I, you know, I don't want to say our protagonist. There's not really a protagonist thing. It's it's a it's a spy versus spy movie. It's basically the Jackal versus Lonsdale. Yeah. Um. I think I think we are rooting for both equally i think i think we're actually rooting for the jackal most of the film though right i'm rooting for lonsdale the whole time i i I agree that we're rooting for both because it's just so exciting um and i and i loved how lonsdale literally had zero like goes from like everyone in the world is a suspect narrowing it down and narrowing it down each step of the way which is getting closer and closer to the jackal's tail and that really contributed to the momentum and acceleration of like the tension in the film because they start getting closer. They're right there, and oops, he gets away. But they're, like, still on the path, you know? And right there, oops, he gets away. But they're getting closer. They know who this guy is, you know? like, like, And, and I really enjoyed it. And so the whole time I'm rooting for Lonzo, especially since he got called out from work, you know, from home. And the wife's like, be home by nine. He's like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, it, and it's just like, he, he shows up. And I love how, like, dismissive the board is about him. And this is, like, probably the best detective in history, you know? Like, and he's just so collective and professional. And he's actually French, you know? And and like I really enjoyed it a lot, so I I, uh, I was definitely rooting for Lonsdale because he had like nothing, and and had to narrow down every step of the way. Yeah, and speaking of starting up from nothing, I think it's admirable that uh, you know he just sets up like sets up his office and he and he tells his boss like, okay, look, I am gonna need to have at least one aide, and he right. is gonna have to be told. Like, right. <laughs> you know, I know you said like, you know, I can't tell anyone, but like, I need at least one dude. And right, so we yeah. get that one like a uh, cute blonde guy that, that helps him out with the phones and stuff. When he specifically asked for him, I want this person kind of like in Tinker Taylor when, uh, it very much reminded me exactly. I was like, this is, yeah. the, cum- this is the Cumberbatch. <laughs> this is yeah. The Cumberbatch yeah. This yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure Jean-Luc Carré might have picked up on this a little bit. There's probably some cross-pollinization amongst the spy writers. And with nothing to go on, uh, he just uh, says, "Like, okay, well, let's." And he gives us the instructions. We're going to set up contacts, direct contacts, uh, with seven countries that he thinks an international assassin would be most likely to come from. Right. And a coffee machine. Plus by the Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't forget the coffee. And I think they needed linens. Like he was ready to set up camp. Like we're gonna be here for a while. Like we need we need like some shaving. Like he goes oh, through they're a sleep- full list. Oh, they're sleeping the fuck out of this office. Like yeah, he, yeah. he doesn't he he you never I mean you never see him leave it. Uh no. you know, to go home or to check into a hotel until yeah. he gets like information to go on. 
and then he goes to the meeting and comes back to his camp, you know? So, yeah, they're definitely roughing it. Yep. I like him. I like yeah. him too. Um, but of the seven countries, which, you know, obviously a lot of information might've come in from, but you know, we got to focus the movie in some direction. So we're going to focus the most on like the, what they get from, uh, the Scotland Yard special branch. Yeah, I think uh, his question was like, talk to these agencies in these seven countries and let me know if there's like a high-class assassin or someone that would make sense that's on their radar that we could start. Because we know it's going to be an international one, but he's got to have a record somewhere. So if we're going to start anywhere, let's talk to the, the big agencies in these seven countries and see if they're like aware of any contract killers that's on their radar and they right. get something. And, from- and for, for a while we follow like kind of a, a subplot of uh, the British guy that they've, that they've contacted, you know, and, yeah. and he makes his own inquiries amongst different people. You know, he, he lands on the idea that uh, uh, this might be someone that the special services or the foreign service right. uh, would know about. And, uh, that's how he eventually gets to a park bench alert. <laughs> Love us some park benches in spy yes. movies. And that's where we get the guy from the foreign service mentioning to our little sub character, like, you know, a rumor, just a rumor. I mean, we, we got nothing, dude. I mean, we really right. got nothing, but yeah. there was maybe floating around this idea that a certain recent, assassination in Dominica might have been made by an Englishman. That guy's name is Charles Calthrop. And the guy's like, really? That's all you got? And here's one I I don't like. I'm not going to give it minus five points. I'm just going to give it an LOL where (laughs) it spells out on the newspaper you know, okay, so Charles Calthrop, take the first three letters of each of those, you get C-H-A-C-A-L, French word for jackal. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think our commissioner just gives him a look like, really? <laughs> really, <laughs> like, yeah, that's like, all you got? Like, I, I am so done with this, like, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that was pretty funny, you know. It turns out to be interesting, though, like, when they look into it, now, I get a little weird here on, like, I don't exactly know how passports work, but what's reported in the film is that they find that, okay, so following up on the Calthrop, just in case, 23 passports have been issued to him over the last five years. That does sound strange. Mm. Is that how passports work? I don't, I, I thought, I thought that's visas. Like, you have one passport, and you get visas issued to you. Well, you could get replacement ones. Okay. Or something, I guess. I don't I don't know, but that's a lot, yeah. And I don't is it's... So, yeah, but uh, what, they, what they state in the film is that right. he's gotten 23 passports issued to him in the last five years. And they noticed there's no exit stamp from Dominica, but there's an entrance stamp. And, you know, we, we had pointed out the exit and entrance stamp. You know, if you've ever flown internationally, they stamp your passport when you get there and then when uh-huh. you leave, you know, so that you could show, hey, this is where you left and this is where you came from. They could find a trail 
you know, even if you didn't go directly there and back, like let's say you had like multiple flights to multiple countries, you're going to get the stamps, right? So they could follow the trail. They're like, this guy never left Dominica. How the hell is he in whatever? Right. So and Dominica <laughs> was the place that an assassination took place. Right. And so, and then they have to wonder like, well, like, I mean, you could, you could assume he's still in Dominica, but that doesn't super make sense. They, they make the smarter assumption that he's traveling somehow under a different passport. Like the trail went dead there and that he left Dominica under a different passport. And again, this like goes to the, the whole, like this, this was a new concept <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at the time. Right. Uh, yeah. Which is really fun. Um, they put, they put all their, I mean, for a, for a time, the investigation, the whole thing, they put everything on the Calthrop tip. Uh, they put his name and picture everywhere in France and they're still looking for him, uh, in other countries. I'm not sure that, um, they got a physical description of Calthrop that matched, the blonde mid thirties guys guy that they knew had visited the OAS guys in Vienna, Mm -hmm. but it's when the Jackal gets pulled into the, the, the crossing of the border into France that I, I really slept on this one so many times. (laughs) Yeah. I I finally realized like it's actually hilarious and it's the closest this movie ever comes to making a joke, and it is actually kind of funny. Like yeah. all the guys <laughs> in the station look something like the jackal. Right. It's it's just a line of dudes that look just like the right height, right build, right hair, right face. Yeah. It's, right. It's cute. I liked it a lot. Yeah. But also you have like that one short dude <laughs> with yeah, a mustache. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you have like this older guy in the background that also kind of maybe looks like the jackal. And right. uh, it, on review, it it reminded me so much. Like the reason I laugh at it is is when I think about like uh, the Citadel in Rick and Morty with like all, oh, the, yeah. different, all the different versions of Rick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I love that line where he's just like, "You guys hated government, so you made yourselves a stupid government." Yeah, that's a that's a good that's a good one. It was just all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was all just jackals in the in in the border patrol station. No, that's cute. Yeah, I think someone makes a leap of logic at this point. I mean, it's a good one, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, again, they're trying to figure out how could this guy be traveling around. Uh, when his when his passport dead ended in Dominica, someone someone just makes the leap of inspiration of go ahead uh, find all the passport applications for the last three months and check them against death certificates, not birth certificates, death certificates, and yeah, uh, yeah like somebody somebody kind of figured out like how the Duggan passport. Uh, could have been forged. Now, Special Branch does find eventually, through a lot of man work, uh, the Duggan passport match, but it's just too late to have stopped him at the French border. But they will, I mean, it's it's too late for them to have stopped him there, but they're still going to get the information 
back, you know, on a delay. Of what he looked like or where he was going. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're yeah. gonna yeah, they'll 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 find out that the Duggan passport pinged, which in the modern day, like in the Bourne's uh, movies, like we would expect that to happen in seconds. But, yeah. you know, in 1973, this is happening over the course of like hours or maybe like half a day at least. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, because just people got to look at papers and they don't have computers and they have to pick up a phone and they have to say, hey, Secretary Sally, get me blah, blah, blah on line one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or they got to get books. Like they checked all the passport applications and deaths they were looking at books of like oh yeah yeah the amount of oh yeah i mean just oh the amount of manpower they have to do to go through records is like uh just it's it's funny how anachronist no not anachronistic it's uh i don't know it's just it's just of its time yeah (laughs) Um, it's it's a it's definitely a pre-internet movie (laughs) right Although, did you notice, like, dude, cop, cop had a, like, we haven't got there yet, but, like, that one cop that finds the crashed car, he's got a phone in his car. Yeah, that's right. He, he, yeah, which is pretty interesting for the time. Good on him. Um, so, yeah. So, the reason we brought it here was, like, again, because the Jackal, all his plans, like, go one, two, three, blah, blah, blah. And all the investigation goes one, two, three, blah, blah, blah. But here is the first point where the Jackal's plan and the investigation possibly intersects. He's just found out that the Duggan passport is blown. So from this point, we might be seeing some adaptation of the plan. So he checks into this hotel using Duggan. Um, and, you know, like you said, he had just found out that they're on his tail. So uh, a lot of this is really weird. He sees this lady in the lounge that he's kind of like taken with. And uh, he starts hitting on her. And um, she like has to go to bed or whatever and doesn't want to talk to him. Anymore. He's obviously hitting on her. And she's like, oh, I have to be up early. And she kind of li- ditches him. Then this old lady dies randomly and he takes the opportunity to look up her name in the book and i don't know if the old lady dying was a coincidence or if he killed her because he kills a lot of people ruthlessly so i wouldn't be surprised that he like slipped her some poison so that there would be a big you know uh hoorah and like people crowding around so he'll have time to look at the registry of where the that seems like a, that seems like a long way to go for yeah. a, to a short distance of just yeah. being able to, you know, get, I mean, just murdering someone just so you can get a peek at the registry of the hotel. Other than that, I can't figure out any other reason why this scene happened other than it's a coincidence and he takes advantage of it. And this goes into our improvisation. Um, uh, but, you know, like there's a couple times in the film where I think like the the author gave like a bone to the investigation. Like, here's a freebie. And I... And the idea of him, like, chasing Colette to get some tail, like, really bothers me. But then I'm like, wait a minute. No, this guy's kind of a psychopath, like, contract killer. Uh, No regard for human life. He just found out that his cover's blown-ish or they're on his tail. 
So he might be nervous, so he's kind of blow off some steam, you know. So, uh, but I, I do want to mark this as my number two worst trade craft is sleeping with Colette in the first place. Like, this ends up becoming a problem for him later, and this is a pretty serious mission that he's on. And, I mean, even if you want to be like, okay, well, people are human and they spend some time, you know, like alone by themselves a lot. And this is a good opportunity for him to kind of blow off some steam. But, yeah, that's that's where I'm marking it. It was just a weird the – whole, the whole hotel thing was weird. When I first saw the movie and the way I remembered the movie was – I actually thought this was one of the coolest parts of the movie. What I thought – was that he hadn't ever checked into the hotel and that he just went straight to the bar planning on seducing some woman. So, I mean, that's kind of weird. That oh, yeah, that would have been really cool, yeah. <laughs> that he can pull it off because, I don't know. I You know, the jackal doesn't look handsome by today's standards, although, <laughs> let's I mean, let's be honest. The man looks good without a shirt. I mean, there's no <laughs> denying that. But uh, yeah, but that that this was a whole play for him to be able to stay in a hotel, not be registered, and therefore fly under the radar. And that's what I thought. And But then doing this podcast, doing the analysis, I looked back and he did actually register. And everything points to the fact that he did register. So I go back to... The fact he just found out his passport has been blown. And what's his first move? Now, again, we never are allowed inside the mind of the jackal in this movie. We yeah. just get to watch him from outside and infer his his plan from, from what we see him do. Yeah. So we can't know if this was the hotel in his original plan that he'd all always planned to stay at. Mm -hmm. I don't see in the movie, any reason for him to sleep with Colette and the mm -hmm. old lady dying. That's also just seems like weird. Um, right. <laughs> okay. I'm ready to move on except to say one thing, which I absolutely must say. <laughs> Once they find the hotel checks, they're like, okay, Duggan, he checked into this hotel. Go, 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 go. They show up at the hotel, and the, the clerk tells him, oh, he checked out at 11. <sighs> now, David. Right. You know me. I'm, I'm not an international assassin. No, no, not even close. Neither am I. <laughs> I... I got to say, like, if I just crossed over into a foreign country and I know that my passport is blown, I might I might get up a little bit earlier than, than, than 11. 11. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like the last minute of checkout time. Usually at a hotel is right. 11 at noon. And, and I usually get to the last minute when I've, like, been drinking all night, like at a convention. And it's like Sunday you know, after we partied Saturday night, like, you know, damn well, I'm getting late checkout and I'm leaving like the last minute I have to be out of there. Right. Right. Yeah. But no, yeah. But no, no like, it's, it's, though, like I'm, dude, I'm up at five 30. Yeah. Yeah. Five 36. I'm out the door. Like, 
Like I'm I'm gonna I'm already working on like where my next stay is at. Like I'm getting out of there. Like it's I'm over. Oh sorry, I have a very busy day. Must be must be on. Like like it's yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Ter- so there's terrible. that. There's that. The hotel scene I don't I don't wanna give any of it minus spy points. I just think it's huge like missed opportunity points. Uh yeah. for for something really cool to have happened. There's so much, there's so many moving parts in that hotel part that, that could have meant something. But when you mm-hmm. really look at it, it's just, it's just another day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he'll check in again, uh, with his super secret phone number, find out that the cops have a description of his car. Um, so he's need, he's going to need to trade that one out. Uh, he finds, of course, the car of the, uh, you know, little makeout couple on the side yeah. of the road. Steals their plates mm-hmm. and then goes to change them and he does a whole new paint job on the car. So that, I thought, plus five points on that one. Yeah, I liked, I liked it. Uh, although let's, let's, let's be clear that like, you know, that kind of job, like, uh, it's not going to pass inspection on like, uh, on a checkpoint. Right. I mean, but it's also like won't attract notice if you're just like driving past someone. Yeah, exactly. Like they're not gonna a patrol on the road is probably not gonna I mean they might spot the model, but they'll be like, Oh, that's not the right color. And then he's driving like crazy and yawning. So again, like, dude, I mean you you slept in until fucking eleven. Like yeah. I mean I know you 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 stayed up all night banging Colette and I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure it was worth it you know yeah but, right but because he's tired and possibly late he crashes his car after swiping another vehicle it's it's a it's an unforced error there right so he needs to swap cars again there's another bone for the detectives. The The accident was so pointless. Like, you're right. Like, I mean, like, okay, you want to blow off some steam and, like, you know, get laid a little bit or whatever. But, like, you know, we get the shot of him yawning. So we know he's tired. So it's not like, you know, uh, it's not unrealistic that he would get in an accident. Especially, like, if you're on this kind of job, right, you're probably going to lose sleep. Like, you're probably going to have trouble sleeping, you know. But... Still, like, it was just kind of, like, happenstance. But, again, I'm sure this happens in real life all the time. Like, some crazy, like, elite operatives are on, like, a job and, like, just some, like, asshole hits them, you know? Or they, they, they're too sleepy and they just, like, run into somebody, you know? I'm sure this – I'm sure there's loads of stories that we ever talked to spies, like, botched missions because somebody fucked up somewhere. Like, like a car hit them. Some like drunk asshole like just like ran through a red light and hit one of them. you know mm-hmm. like I'm sure yeah yeah, yeah. you know so it was nice that they put it in the movie but it, it felt to me like the storyteller was just giving the detectives another bone you know oh right just to advance the story you know I could I could put out maybe a, just a minor theory not to spend too much time on it but just off the cuff like ever since they uh, he found out that his passport was blown which is the first time any part of his plan was challenged is where he starts yeah. is where he starts actually making mistakes. Yeah. And he, he's not just making mistakes, like totally fucking up, but he's, he's making small mistakes all of a sudden. 
right that are that could cost them or get you know it, yeah. yeah so it's like the panic is getting to him and the investigation's getting closer and closer you know but he's still a professor so it's kind of nice to see that he's not a machine even though like a lot of it like has him look like he's just like this like well-oiled machine like he still is human so I I kind of like these moments. Right. Yeah, he's not he's not the terminator. That's important I think for us to be able to root for him in this film. Even though he's definitely like he's got terminator-esque abilities of being able to just like quickly murder someone with no compulsion. Yeah, uh, you know, when when it's necessary, but um, there is there is a there is a weird kind of human quality to to him that I can't quite put my finger on, but um, you know I don't know. There's something I, I like I like Edward Fox in this movie. Yeah, everybody does, the cast does a great job. Everybody does a really good job. I I really enjoyed a lot of the acting. Um, he's gonna go back to Colette after the car crash. Uh, no idea why. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> now that definitely can't have been part of his plan. So I don't. I don't know. Other than he might have needed after the accident, he probably needed a place to lay low. Well, he does Maybe. get. He does get. I mean, one thing he does get from visiting her um, is he gets an opportunity to switch from the Duggan identity to the Loomquist identity. And that involves changing his hair color, changing yeah. his clothes, coming out with glasses, and that's not something he could just do in a hotel. Right. And he also finds out from her that the police like met her and questioned her. Yeah, but he should have assumed that. I mean, that right, was like right. ever since he slept with her in the first place, like you did nothing to to stop that from happening and we have to believe he's that smart that he knows. Oh, so maybe that is why he went back was to actually kill her and get an opportunity to do the thing. That's how he gets, uh, you know, also to switch to a new car. But again, like, you know, it's a car he knows, like, there's only so much time before they're going to figure it out. Uh, You know, like what car it is. Uh, You know, again, like at this point, like he's, you know, uh, at the beginning of the movie, he's months ahead of them. Later in the movie, he's weeks ahead of them. At this point, he's just hours ahead of mm-hmm. them, you know. And mm-hmm. and the movie will climax with him just being minutes ahead. Um, but uh, from the investigators' perspective, they can trace the car from Colette or to a train station. They find out too late about the three men that boarded only one of them matches their person of interest. They rushed to the train station. I think they should have picked up a phone minus spy points, mm-hmm. you know, just call ahead, have the station locked down. Right. Yeah. Get some guys. Up. Well, I mean, it also is supposed to be covert with the whole thing. So maybe, but yeah, they could have called someone just, Lock down the station and not tell anybody why. You know, get mm-hmm. the police out. There. I'm sure they can make a few phone calls. 
Although, I mean, it might be difficult to lock down all trains coming into Paris. Yeah. But this train from Nice to, like, I, I yeah, I still think they could have found, like, they could have locked down stations along the way. So, so again, they're, they're behind the ball, but uh, they've got, well, they've got a description of his new alias. They know it's a, it's a Danish teacher. They're wondering, uh, they're wondering like, okay, well, how could he be traveling around? And this is like where like guy comes up with the idea. Well, uh, maybe he stole a passport again. It's a leap of logic. It's correct. But it, it also just seems kind of handy that the the Mm -hmm. investigators figure things out when the movie wants them to figure things out. Right. Yeah. Okay, so what would what would I do if I was a Danish professor that lost my passport? Well, I would tell the consulate, so they contact them, and then they're using huge manpower to figure out, like, through all the people who ever reported their passports stolen over the last three months, I think, eventually they're going to get to a, a photo of Lumquist, the guy whose passport was stolen, and that's the right. guy that... It, uh, the jackal is currently using his passport in yeah. Paris. Now, Lonsdale has suspected a leak ever since the hotel. Um, again, we don't know what the jackal's original plans were or his modified plans, but we do know that he checked in for two days but left after one. So they get a recording of a phone call where Denise has called someone and told them specifically about the Danish, that the, the ministers know about the Danish lookup, like his, his look and that he's a school teacher and he's on a fake passport. Um, this is really important because uh, Lonsdale had, when he talked about the information about the Danish school teacher, he was very specific about the details he gave the ministers. And it was only them that he gave that information to. We then later find out when he brings the recording, he had been tapping everybody's phones because he had suspected a leak. And one of them triggered. And when he played the recording, our, our guy Sinclair stands up and he's like, uh, that's, I know that voice. That's my friend. She's been staying with me for this time. And he goes, excuse me. And he leaves the room basically like retiring, I guess. Uh, but they, they asked, they asked, uh, um, uh, Lonsdale, how he knew whose phone to tap, and he goes, "I didn't." So I tapped everybody's, which kind of like reminded me of Miss Sloan, Big where like she just, yeah, where she just like tapped everybody's phone. So I wonder if Miss Sloan might have been like influenced by this, but it was great. Like he, yeah. So like this is how he narrowed down. He was like, "There's probably a leak." How can I narrow this down? So he kind of creates a barium meal ish. Mm-hmm. He, he, he no, doesn't it's make absolutely. It's absolutely a barium meal because he only fed the information specifically to these people in this room and nobody else. Right. And it got out. And so he was able to, and, and by tapping everybody's phones, he was able to figure out the leak and they go and arrest the girl. Um, but I do want to mark this as my worst Treycraft number one was the millist, you know, I said this like last episode was that the minister was telling everything to the chick he was like sleeping with, you know, he just kind of met her 
there's this big national security issue. This guy would be the highest like security clearance, I guess, in France, right? He would have been trained for exactly this. Like, don't talk to her. Um, I think we needed it in the movie, and it's probably a good lesson. Like, they probably tell agents to watch this movie. Like, aha, you see? Just because you like this girl doesn't mean you should tell her stuff. You know? Like, and and he should have just been screwing her and, like, made stuff up or something. Just kind of, like, told a random story or something. You know, it's it's just really bad. You know what I mean? Really, really bad. So I'm marking this as my number one worst tradecraft. Um. But I do want to mark my number two best tradecraft was the commissioner tapping all of the phones of the ministry room. Because uh, he was just like, you know, and th- this is kind of the the level of the investigation that it goes. You know, you see like a lot of detective movies and they're just like, aha, elementary. Like I figured it out off of like this one hair strand. No, like they actually do a real investigation throughout this whole movie. It's like, I want you to go through all the passports in the last three months. You know, I want you to go all through all of the things within this time frame. Go through all of the things. And right here, I'm going to tap all of the phones of every man in this room to figure out who the leak is. So it's, it's just the amount of work that the investigation requires, you know, while there's this, like, superstar assassin, like, on the loose. You know, so this, this is definitely my best tradecraft number two because – that tapping of all of those phones and the the knowing that the information that he gave was only in that room um, is, is how he was able to deduce a leak and was able to stop the leak in its tracks. Right. Well, I mean, that's easy, low-hanging fruit for minus spy points from me on Denise. Uh, right. She's giving her name. Right. She's calling from dude's house, uh, you know. Uh, this this is a reason you use payphones for this kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, because if if she hadn't been making the calls from the house, then Lonsdale would have nothing to tap. Right. Um, and you know uh, she gets caught in in that way. They don't get any information from her because she doesn't actually know anything. But at least the leak is plugged, and the jackal is no longer. Uh, uh, able to access the information from the inner chamber of the investigators. Right? Yes. Which works out really well. I like the shot where it looks like the minister committed suicide and she freaks out and then the commissioner comes in and you're like, you're in a lot of trouble, lady. You know, it's... I liked it. I liked it a lot. Shortly after, uh, somebody, uh, you know, arrives in the you know, the hall of the investigators saying, okay, now we know that, uh, okay, we know that we've followed up on this uh, missing Danish professor's passport. We know it's Lundquist. Uh We were able to finally track him down. And he says, okay, we got the photo. I need to flag this. Like they, what they have in hand is a photo of the guy not a photo of the jackal imitating the guy. I mean, they put the entire force, they, they seem to trigger on that and say like, okay, we can just like put this full alert out on here. And, uh, and then they tell Lonsdale like, Hey, good job. We'll take it from here for no reasons. Right. 
Yeah, yeah, I can kinda see. Kick him out, and they were kind of like very dismissive of him. Like, we won't take any more of your time. Yeah, was... he just sits there until he realizes he's being asked to leave. Yeah, inter inter intersectional rivalry. I think took yeah takes takes <laughs> the play there. But uh, right. before and and I have a big complaint about this photo thing, but I, I want you to explain to me uh, uh, what the jackal is doing for a moment. And then, and then I'm going to circle back to this photo. Um, what's really cool is since he knows they're like hot on his tail from all of the tip-offs he's gotten, instead of checking into a hotel, he goes to a Turkish bath. And uh, I, I, I guess plans on getting seduced by a man so that he can get called over to his place and doesn't have to check into a hotel. So he's kind of living under the radar. Um, and I, I presume I, I don't I don't know what Turkish baths were understood to be back in the sixties, but I, I guess oh, that's well, where like you could. Oh, it's a it's a yeah. I mean, I think it still is like it's a gay hookup uh, extravaganza. Right. Is, oh, okay. Is my, so is my understanding. Oh, okay. Okay. So like he goes there expecting to get hit on and invited back to a dude's place. Um, and I'm going to mark this my number three tradecraft or three best tradecraft. Um, you know, we, we had discussed that you thought when you first saw the film that he never checked into the hotel, but he did. But at this point, he knows they're hot on his on his trail and he can't check into a hotel because they're going to find him everywhere. So what he's going to do is use his good looks and get seduced by a man to go back to his place and, you know, presumably hook up or, you know, as we find out later, he's going to like knock, you know, kill the guy. But uh, I, I just really thought it was a great idea of him uh, staying under the radar so that they couldn't catch him. So he just like kind of disappears again. Um, so yeah, that made my number three best tradecraft. I want to put a little pin in the idea of like the jackal as being, uh, this ambisexual force that that can just <laughs> use, you know, sexuality that you know, like you know, I I don't think he's gay. I don't think he's straight. I think he's just like inhuman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that that I I I I really like the idea, you know, that he could he could just um play gay or straight like i you know i i don't think i don't think he was really into colette obviously right. I mean, just the way he treats her the way he treats this guy um, yeah it it makes him seem like all the more sinister in in absolutely way, in, in ways that i like um here's so here's here's my thing though like uh the turkish bath guy he sees the photo of Loomquist on a TV screen. Yeah. And he, we see the images, but we don't hear the sound because it's in a, uh, a TV store. They're showing pictures of Colette. They're showing pictures of her, her place. Like they're clearly like, it's a broadcast that is saying like, there's a manhunt. There is a manhunt. Yeah, yeah. Going on. <laughs> like someone has been murdered. And I wondered if uh if in nineteen sixty-three they had the technology to like put that title bar on the screen. 
you know like when you watch cnn right now like yeah. you, you can turn on cnn right now or see it in an airport and there could be no volume and they're still like telling you like what they're talking about yeah you know like you they got the huge the words, bar yeah. at the bottom like yeah blah 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 this is going on this is going on this is why you should pay right. attention i looked at some uh famous uh 1963 news footage and i noted that they had the technology but it was used kind of sparingly but uh i, I still think like the cops should have put like some kind of manhunt on the screen you know mm. so that even people that that couldn't hear the audio would like pay attention and i'll give that minus five points for the french police he sees his new boyfriend on the screen and when he shows up with his groceries he's like excited like hey you're on tv uh-huh. and then <laughs> and then the jackal is like okay yeah i need to die now oh yeah <laughs> um in neither case did we see the image that was on the screen of yeah of we Lewis. never see him right yeah so in the case where he was looking through the tv store window we're just seeing his reaction and then in the apartment when the same tv story is playing on the tv screen the camera explicitly and purposefully fully moves away from the television screen in the apartment so that we can't see like what photograph we're actually looking at and this is my number three worst tradecraft i'm putting it on the movie not any particular characters the only picture that they have access to is the actual loomquist they don't have a picture of the jackal portraying Loomquist. Right. Presumably looks similar enough, I guess. I get, you know, it's still yeah. going to get my number three worst. And especially when I noticed, <laughs> when I noticed, right. like, I think if I, if you watch the scene again, uh, especially in the apartment when he kills a Turkish bath guy, I think that they might have shot it a certain way and at some point someone raised a hand and said like oh hey i just noticed this makes no sense uh-huh. and that they like uh manipulated the shot to to kind of help you not notice that it makes no sense yeah and <laughs> i i just i just have to call it definitely the jackal knows that his identity number 2 is also mm-hmm. completely blown. Yeah. Uh, we go into the end game. Uh, he's he's going to use his identity number three to uh-huh. make the final approach. Uh, around this time, Lonsdale and the ministers have suddenly like slapped themselves in the face and said, "Like, oh my <laughs> god, of course, Liberation Day." Charles de Gaulle cannot miss this appointment. Even though the Jackal uh, had correctly predicted that de Gaulle would not suffer going into hiding, uh-huh. you could also think that, like, if you're super smart, you might be thinking, like, well, depending on, like, how this shit goes, like, he might decide, like, <laughs> Saturday is not a good day to... I don't know, visit the war widows. 
but this is a day he has to be out there. I, I really enjoyed the the tension and the security that was set up. It, it was a great like moment in the film. It really, it really is, and I think it it goes to Zinnemann's mastery of cinematic timing. You know mm-hmm. that he can take us into a five minute segment at the last point where we're literally like we feel like we're in the crowd looking mm-hmm. around saying like where's the jackal where's the jackal right where's yeah. the fucking jackal <laughs> this movie has no music in it whatsoever there's no score right like they they introduce the uh, dramatic score at the very beginning but then everything else is pure uh documentarian as far as uh-huh. the audioscape i think this is a great choice so picking liberation day as the assassination day um i think it all ties in because his final disguise is as a war veteran from world war ii if any of the police force around this event are gonna have any sympathy for anyone a one-legged french war veteran yeah like You're going to be like, yeah, yeah, grandpa, go ahead. And and security does give him a hard time. He's like, let me see your papers. But like you see, yeah, you could see the sentiment like, yeah, this guy earned his his, his badge. Right. I would have loved it even more if the guy had said like, no, you have to go around that way. And, and, uh, you know, the jackal in his war veteran disguise, one legged had said like, you know, I'm an old man. I can't, I can't hop my way all the way over there. Yeah, 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 pity, yeah. You know? Yeah, and, look into your heart. Right, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's why that's why I think it's it's the combination of the the final disguise with the Liberation Day as the pick of the um, you know, uh the the time and the moment for the assassination works so well for me that uh i'm calling it my number one best tradecraft of this movie it's a good one uh i i actually really liked it and i wanted to point out the cordite you see his skin oh, was yes. gray so uh he he picked up on the cordite and used the cordite at some point which probably why i wouldn't see him for a while because he was sick for a little bit mm-hmm. so I, re- I really liked that that was a lot of fun there's not much left to this movie after that. Uh, you know, yeah. he, he makes his way. I mean, he kills the land, kills or disables the landlady, which he didn't need to do because right. he had a key, which he, had, yeah. you know, uh, uh, figured out like months before. Uh, right. I, we have to assume he had like some kind of backup plan in case the room was occupied. Right. But it's just luck that it's not. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess he would have, I don't know, had some kind of backup plan. Then we go to my uh, number one worst tradecraft. Uh, it's, a, it's a huge minus assassination points. You've got the guy, De Gaulle. The band is playing. This is when De Gaulle is standing perfectly still in uh, respect for the moment. Right. That's the shot. Instead, he waits until after the music is over. And then, you know, it's apparently, like, from what I read, like, traditional 
I mean, the uh, reason he misses is because de Gaulle leans down to kiss the veteran's cheek, and that's a tradition. The jackal planned everything so fucking perfectly. Right. Throughout this entire movie. I mean, maybe he made some questionable decisions after his first passport got blown. It's it's really simple. Just shoot yeah. while the guy is standing still instead of while he's walking. It's a super anticlimax. Yeah. It's kind of... It's kind of a bleh ending, but I mean, the movie's not really about the story anyway. It just kind of ends, and it it wasn't about the destination. It was about the journey in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Let's hit the debriefing. Sounds good. Agents, please report for debriefing on this operation. The director will see you now. In 1973, like, everyone knew that Charles de Gaulle didn't die. Right. <laughs> the director actually specifically said like he wanted to challenge himself to make a movie where he wanted to build up so much tension about uh an assassination and 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 get it get the audience up to a hype where they forgot that like you know that eventually the jackal fails. And on that level he thought it was successful. I think it's successful. I loved every minute of this movie, uh, other than the end. But, uh, like, this was definitely, like, the movie that Todd and I were kind of looking for, uh, where it's just, like, I mean, it's basically a documentary. It, it's like those documentaries you see in high school where they try and make a story out of it, except this is, like, really well done. And, and like, every step of the way, it's kind of like, well, this is how you do it. You know, if you wanted to be an assassin, here's some of the things you would need to, like, develop his skills. And if you wanted to be an investigator, stopping an assassin, this is this is the job. You know, what is it? There's a line in The Wire where one of the, like, street cops first becomes a detective and, like, realizes he has to go through, like, thousands and thousands and thousands of phone records. And he's like, what? I got to do that? And the, the dude is like, this is the job. Like, you wanted this. This this is the job. Like, yeah, we're going to go through every passport sign-up application the last three months, right? We're check against every death certificate, right? Like, like it's just it's just over and over and over again. So, uh, I, I really enjoyed how much it was like. So, I'm I I I kind of don't want to say like as a high star rating as a film recommendation because like I don't think anybody would enjoy this. Other than like you're really into spy films, and it I don't know like it's highly rewatchable for me because I want to go back and watch like all the like cool scenes and stuff that they go through. So I don't know. I, as far as like star rating goes, I, I think I'm going to give it like a three and a half um, because it I loved it, but I don't I don't know like as far as like hey here's a great movie everybody should go see it like to but uh, I'm definitely giving this high park bench ratings. My big take on this movie is is I think the reason I love it is I I always feel this sense that the bullet is fired from across the continent. Like like that the bullet is is that is the 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 jackal is the bullet. Like this right. this you know with all these walls of uh of defenses and security 
being placed around this shell of a man of De Gaulle. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, this bullet travels from London across the border into France, from the border of France into Paris, from Paris into the courtyard, from the courtyard into the hotel room, from the hotel room into the head of the target. Just like the the jackal just feels like a a weapon right in in such a great way to me um i think i loved this movie before (laughs) the more i watch it the more i love it it's a four stars for me nice yeah Yeah. i really enjoyed it it's it's a little date it's a little dated but man if you it holds up though yeah, I, I don't care how. I mean, like, if you you probably would like giggle, like, haha, phones and haha, clocks and ha ha ha, look at the styles of clothes they wore, and you know. But other than that, like, it, it holds there's, up. There's a lot, you know. I always talk about rewatchability, man. This one pays off. Like, there's a yeah. lot of stuff you're gonna miss on the first watch unless you are like Sherlock Holmes. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh. Let's hear about, uh, let me tell you my best tradecraft reminders. Uh, I love the way my number three best is I love the way they analyzed the interrogation. That felt super realistic. And I very much appreciated that. Uh, My number two is the whole setup of the compartmentalization of the Jackal's information and the way it would only ever go one way, never two mm-hmm. ways. Very good. Right. Very good. Right. <laughs> My number one best is the, yeah, the war veteran disguise in combination with the Liberation Day date, mm-hmm. uh, I think is, is pure genius on an assassination level. My number three best tradecraft was the Turkish bath. Uh, he knew the investigators were hot on his tail. Uh, he couldn't check into a room. So what he does is, quote unquote, gets seduced by another man to go back to his place. And then my number two best tradecraft is uh, the commissioner tapping all of the phones of our our team of minister guys. Always love a good barium meal. And this is a yeah. fantastic example. Very good, very good. And then uh, my number one best tradecraft is the fact that he got the passport application put in during the holiday season, which really slowed down the investigation because there's a lot, like the the number of passport applications like shoot through the roof during that time period. Uh, there's some kind of movie shenanigans going around with this uh, Lindquist picture. I see what they're trying to conceal in the movie and mm-hmm. I noticed it and didn't appreciate it. It's got to be called out. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, my number two worst is, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the, the phone call thing was the setup of the Denise phone number was perfect except for Denise using her own name on right. dude's number, <laughs> you know, yeah. pay phones, pay phones, pay phones. Come on. Number one, the the way he takes the shot at the final part, he puts so much planning into everything else. This is the part you really need to plan out and think through. Right. What about your worst? 
My worst number three worst tradecraft uh, was the forger blackmailing the jackal. It's it like the guy is in the black market. It's just bad for business if word gets out that he's like blackmailing all his uh, customers. Uh, my number two worst tradecraft was the jackal sleeping with Co- uh, Colette. Uh, whatever. I, I, I guess it's to show that he's human. Anyway, uh, but my number one worst tradecraft was the minister telling everything to the chick he was like, you know, sleeping with. Like, it's it's like even if you want to sleep with someone that's probably gonna be a mole, you know, like don't tell her everything, and you're probably cleared at the highest security clearance possible. So I I I don't, I don't like it. It's 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 it, it 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 really screwed over the investigation and slowed it down. You know, which it, it was annoying. So. And those are some of the insights that we're going to factor into our park bench rating. Uh, This is a rating that is uh, one to five park benches has nothing to do with how much we like the movie. It's how much we thought the movie portrays realistic tradecraft. Right. (laughs) Uh, From one to five, one being low five being the best. Dave, what do you think? I think this is going to be our first five. We always say a five is basically a documentary, and this is kind of basically like a documentary, even though it is kind of a a work of fiction. Uh, it, it, it kind of felt like a documentary watching it. So it kind of felt like a training video to me, actually, like a dramatized training video, but, like, really well done. Like, there's so many moments where it's like, this is how you do it. So I, th- I think this is going to be our first five the most realistic spy movie that we have covered out of uh oh about 30 now uh yeah awesome yeah 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 uh so yeah let's call it a five and uh anniversary episode is probably coming up next week uh what are we doing there dave uh we're gonna be taking a look back and um well, not like a typical taking a look back. Like, we're not looking back at our show. What we're going to do is we've kind of classified a lot of the characters in the movies we've done over the year. And we're going to kind of, like, compare them. Uh, we got some, uh, like, like our, our uh, current, like, you know, classifications. We have, like, uh, the everyman or the action hero or the infiltrator or the puppet master. And we, get, we got some good stuff. So check out our Facebook page. We're going to announce, like, each class every week. Um, and, you know, we'd like to hear your comments on what you think, uh, who who was the best out of all those movies or who would take it. And we're just going to have fun with it and talk about like, oh, we think, uh, you know, Bourne versus Bond. Uh, who's 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 the, the best action hero out of that? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a really, a really fun way to uh, just spend a little time, like uh, take a breather look back yeah. at uh, 2020 uh, yeah. and, and you know what we've done over that. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I love this show and um, that's what's, that's what's coming next. And then uh, after that though, put on your fucking boots. Cause we're going to get back real serious again and hit uh, yeah. battle of Algiers. And that's the end of our show. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us on Twitter at spies underscore like us. Visit us on our website at www.spieslikeus.net. 
you know, find out about upcoming episodes. Also, what will really help us out is if you give us a review on wherever you found our podcast, either on iTunes or your Android app or YouTube or wherever you listen to us. Uh, even if you didn't like the show, just give us a review. It'll help us give us feedback so we can make the show better. And it can also help other people who haven't found the show yet find out about us. Hey, Moira, initiate Protocol 9. Protocol 9 initiated. This podcast will self-destruct in 20 seconds. The preceding transmission sampled the songs Ice Cold by Audio Nautics, Enter the Party by Kevin McLeod, and sound effects from freesound.org. Attributions and links are found at spieslikeus.net. Editing by Todd Hostetler.